Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 212 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor and HR specialist, and I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice, where together with my colleagues, we provide advice and support to both employers and employees on all aspects of employment law and HR. Our flagship service is our HR Harbour. It's an ongoing subscription service for employers of any size in which we provide support in relation to HR and best practice, as well as dealing with any legal issues that may arise. If you'd like more information about the service and how it can benefit your business, please don't hesitate to get in touch for a no obligation quote. My email is alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk. In this week's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking to my colleague, Joe Carley. Joe is a experienced HR specialist and she joined the firm in May. She is a specialist in relation to mediation, which is how we first got to know each other because of her passion and specialism in mediation. It's something that we are looking at promoting more and more for our clients and so hopefully you find this episode helpful in learning a bit more about mediation. So without further ado I'm going to get into this week's featured content. Right, so today I'm talking to Joe, and Joe is going to be talking to us about mediation. Joe joined the firm in May, and we're really putting a focus on dealing with alternative dispute resolution for our clients now, aren't we? And looking at ways in which we can resolve disputes. And the primary reason for that is, as we've discussed before, isn't it, Joe? Because once somebody raises a formal grievance and they start the grievance process, of course, it just pits people against each other. And so if we can try to intervene before that happens, or at least stop the formal grievance process by way of mediation, it can help to resolve things for the long term. So do you want to tell us a bit about your experience, Joe? You have undertaken the ACAS Workplace Mediators course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I did that about eight years ago, I think it was. Really enjoyed it. And and then ever since then, I've been, was undertaking mediation for the Isle of Wight Council across various different departments and island schools. And really just saw the benefit of it because having seen what grievances look like and the outcomes of grievances and what they quite often look like uh, and then seeing what mediation looks like, I just am now a massive advocate for mediation. I just see how successful it can be, how people then you know reach mutual agreements, which doesn't often happen as a result of a grievance. You usually have a winner and a loser in, in a, uh, a grievance process. And yeah, so it's just really the message out there and to encourage more people to give it a go because I realise that it can be quite daunting the prospect of sitting in a room with a person that you're in dispute with or in conflict with and that in itself might be something that you've been avoiding but yeah getting people to come uncomfortable for an hour a couple of hours then hopefully reach some kind of mutual agreements with that person move forward. Yeah, and it's certainly something that is coming more and more commonplace in in the workplace. I know that from a family law perspective, mediation has been a compulsory element of the whole divorce and um, childcare and uh, financial proceedings for some time. But we're starting to see it more and more involved in workplaces. So 
What was your first experience of mediation and why did you go on the course? Um, I think I'm always looking to learn new skills. I just saw it came up and I thought, you know, I'd like to give it a go. And I think in when I was in there doing the doing the qualification, you have to do a lot of role play. And in doing that, I just really enjoyed it. And when it was successful and when I could make it make it work and help people, I think the, the crux of it is that I like helping people, you know, in the mediations that I've done, people have come along that have been in conflict with for years sometimes, and you can really see how it's impacting their, their life. And as the mediation progresses, sometimes you can even physically see the relief in people as they start to build bonds again with that person. And that, that aspect of it for me is just great. And um, it can be a situation where before the mediation, the joint session, the people don't want to be sat together uh, in, in reception. And then you get after the mediation they're walking out chatting to each other along the corridor and they're just that for me gives definitely gives me a bit of a buzz makes my heart happy if I can just help people uh, in that kind of positive way. And so in the, the mediations you've done what would you say is the percentage of successful outcomes? So I think I've only ever had one that was a part success I wouldn't say it was a full success it was only partially so that they said to me afterwards that they felt that there was an improvement in their relationship, but there wasn't a full, you know, a full success. So only only one that hasn't been a, been a success. And I, I don't say that's down to me or take credit for that entirely at all. It's, it's just a process. Well, do you want to tell me then about the process of mediation? How does it look? OK, so the process, I don't know if everyone does it the same, but how I do it and I, I follow the kind of ACAS format is if the individuals are willing then we have two individual meetings one with each person and in that meeting I ask them about their perspective on events how things are as they see them and that in itself can be quite cathartic for that person to offload and tell somebody who's you know truly listening and really interested in what they're saying and you know they might have confided in friends and family but they have an hour session where someone's truly listening to all their thoughts on, on this situation. And then within that meeting, I will kind of plant seeds, if you like, on thinking about possible solutions. So um, have they ever got on previously in the past? What that looked like when they did get on? Um, what do they think the other person's perspective might be on the events? Have they thought of some solutions themselves? It's quite often, actually, I find in that individual meeting that people have been very fixed on their position. They haven't. They haven't open their mind to what the other person's thoughts and feelings on it might be they might have given it a cursory thought but they haven't really delved into it quite often when I ask that question they do pause for thought there for a minute and say oh I don't know what they might think or and that you know I will give them some time to really think about that because I think that's important so we have those meetings if they're then willing to go forward to a joint meeting and I feel like it's it's appropriate and they're invested for the right reasons then we we go to a joint meeting which is usually about two hours uh, and in that meeting both parties have a period of uninterrupted time um, which is quite unusual in life you get to speak to somebody that you're in dispute with and have them not respond to you so really it's an opportunity for them to say everything that their thoughts and feelings are while the other person you know actively listens to them you know, which can be quite difficult. I ask them both to be respectful of each other, to really try and listen. I think when you hear something you disagree with, your brain quite naturally, the defences go up and you're thinking about your response and you're no longer really listening. So I ask them to really 
challenge themselves on that and see it as an opportunity to learn someone else's perspective because they know their own thoughts and feelings and they've got plenty of time to, to think on that and dwell on that but take the opportunity to listen to the person so they both had their uninterrupted time when they, they speak freely to the other person and then we open it to the floor usually there's a few common themes between what has been said and so I could we might say, OK, let's let's work through these these particular points that you both mentioned. And it it opens out from there, really. And we see where it goes. Sometimes it's kind of two steps forward, one step back. And, you know, we think we're getting somewhere and then someone says something and it, it sparked off again. But that's actually great. I always say I want people to be open and honest. There's no point you know, dulling down your feelings or not saying everything that you want to get off your chest uh, because it's the opportunity to do it. So you know, it, it's kind of health, healthy conflict in those moments. And then more often than not, you find that people see each other's perspectives. They learn about the other person. You know, the lines of communication are much more productive. And then apologies can even start free flowing. Like you say, like I say, you don't see that in a grievance. And then we talk about if we are you know, able to get to agreements, what they want that to look like. Is this meeting enough in itself to be their, their agreement or do they want something written down for the both of them to refer to and just yeah talk about what, what it looks like really or if it's unsuccessful like I haven't had much experience of unsuccessful ones but it's you know what what their plans are then going going forward really. Okay and so do you write write out the agreement is it something you put in writing at the end or how do you sort of finalise it? So totally down to them so I say that you know the mediation is their experience and it will look like what they want it to look like as I say, some people are quite happy that they've been through the experience together, quite an emotional experience, quite sometimes stressful for them. And that is enough in itself. They feel like they're committed to it because of what they've been through. Other people have said what they want the agreement to be, and I've kind of drafted it for them and then given it to them, sent it via email afterwards. Just, you know, they want to check in or review with each other where they are at in their relationship. So really down to what they want it to look like. Okay, and then what happens at the end in terms of your communication to the employer? How do you communicate to the employer what the outcome is or or to what degree do you give any information to the employer? So, again, um, it's it's really down to them. So I will say, you know, I'm going to need to communicate something back to the employer or the commissioner of the mediation. But it can be as little as it's been successful, it's been unsuccessful. Usually it's nicer if I can give a bit more context, but it's down to them. And it's a confidential process, so how much they want to share. So I'd ask them to agree what they'd like the employer to be told, really. And usually um, they would tell me, you know, it's been successful, we've... Uh, reached agreements and they would give me a bit of context that I can then share but um yeah down to them really. Okay and so it does sound like quite a time consuming process for the employees and obviously there's a cost involved if you get an external mediator so what what's the benefits then to the employer of investing that time and, and money in a mediation? So I would say the time is really minimal compared to um, you know, if it stops a grievance process or potentially an employment tribunal, it's really minimal. So the individual meetings are usually an hour each. The mediation is usually two hours. So, you know, giving breaks and things, it kind of spans across uh, loosely a day. So, yeah, a minimal amount of time, whereas if you're looking at a grievance, you've, it will go there's an investigation that needs to happen. You've got to get a lot more staff involved. You need an investigator. You need someone to for the hearing, someone to take the, the minutes or for a grievance resolution meeting, sorry. 
So, yeah, you've got a lot more people involved. You've got a longer time span. And with the grievances, the right to appeals, you might have an appeal. And then, like I say, someone could then still be still be aggrieved and have an employment tribunal claim. And not to say that the mediation will prevent all that, but it's an opportunity to. So, you know, why not try a, a day of mediation, which has got a high success rate, to try and prevent all of those thing, things happening? And also with a grievance, quite often, you know, the outcome can be the parties need to try mediation. So it just makes a lot more sense to give that a go as your first port of call, rather than people going through a grievance that's quite stressful for them, learning about each other's thoughts about each other on paper, and usually is not helpful to the, to the relationship. In fact, usually makes it makes it even worse. Yeah, because with a grievance process, of course, there's always seems to be a winner or a loser, um, depending on how the outcome falls. Whereas with mediation, everybody can walk away saving face, can't they, and remaining hopefully happy in their employment. So I, I would say one of the biggest benefits is obviously retention, retention of staff of mediation compared to grievances. And obviously, like you say, it's probably about a day's worth of time. But if you think about the loss of productivity, even if people remain at work during a grievance process, you know, quite often the person who's accused or the, or the aggrieved will go off sick or they may not be as productive. So I think actually the costs of not doing mediation is much higher than actually investing in it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think people can see it as like a kind of fluffy HR technique that's not going to work you know they might have tried conversations the two of them before they might have tried conversations with the manager they might think well that's not going to work because we've tried um but mediation is very different it is a structured process um you're there with a kind of trained conflict resolution facilitator and it is different from just the two individuals having a conversation or the manager being present for a conversation and I've heard people say, oh, we've tried mediation before, but they, what they've really done is they've just tried to have a meeting between the two people and they've had someone there who's not trained. So obviously there's quite a difference, isn't there, between yeah. a fully facilitated, you know, mediation with someone who's qualified to do it versus just getting anyone to, to facilitate them together. And actually that could be a lot worse. I think a key part of what a, a trained mediator will do will be re- reframing things. So obviously, if someone was to say something like, oh, so-and-so takes no notice of anything I say in meetings. So it would be a mediator's role to then say, OK, so what we need to, to look at here and to discuss is how we can ensure that your contribution is recognised in team meetings. So just neutralising any kind of negative comments and looking at, OK, what do they want from that? How do we move forward um, more productively? So yeah, it might not necessarily be skills or that managers have or, or know to, to do in those sorts of meetings. And so if you're an employer faced with a, a grievance or a situation where you've got employees who are, um, you know, sort of falling out or pitting against each other, how would you approach the subject of mediation with the individuals? I think it's to pause and have that conversation is the really important thing. I always say, knowing what I know now, I would very much want someone to say, take me you know, aside and just say that these are your options that are open to you and the kind of pros and cons of each if you like because I think that that is what just doesn't happen somebody puts in a grievance the manager receives it and think oh you know this is serious it might say in it bullying or, or harassment and you know, we need to take this very seriously 
let's just accept this as a formal grievance and go forward. There's no pause to go, okay, this looks like a relationship issue. Let's ask the parties involved if they're willing to give mediation a go. Let's tell them a little bit about what it is and what it involves, the benefits of it. Because I think you're doing people an injustice in not doing that because they're about to embark on quite a stressful process, um, not knowing that there's an alternative there that could get... Not to say it's not stressful because mediation is, but it's more of a, I'd say more of a short, sharp kind of a pain, you know, it's done in a day. And if it's successful, it, it saves all that time um, when you could be feeling anxious and stressed over a grievance process. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest um, objections would be people would say, well, I don't really want to be sitting in a room with them. I don't want to face them. But of course, as you said, there isn't any requirement, although it's nice to to do that as part of the resolution or the resolution process. There's no requirement for individuals to actually go into a room together. Absolutely. So, yeah, we have an individual meeting um, with me first. We talk about it. I like to build up a rapport with people. Hopefully they have some trust in me after that. And then in the mediation itself, I set ground rules and I like to create a safe space Um, because I I appreciate massively that it's uncomfortable. So we talk about being respectful of each other, listening to each other. If they do feel that they need an adjournment or, or a minute to calm down or if they get upset then we can absolutely do that I mean I do like to let it run as much as possible because there will be um, emotional moments because of the topic that's being talked about but if people it gets too much for people then there's absolutely opportunity for adjournments and I I hope through those individual meetings like I say that people then trust in me that I won't let it get out of hand I wouldn't let anybody be you know speaking rudely or shouting or, or any inappropriate behavior so as much as possible, I try to create a, a safe space, appreciating that it's yeah uncomfortable. And so what we're doing is we're building into our the grievance procedures and those sorts of things that we're developing for our clients. Part of it is about grievance and resolution, isn't it? Focusing on the resolution part and highlighting that mediation is an option at the very outset. So that's one thing that employers can do. And obviously educating their staff about mediation. And I know that some of the large organisations like where you worked before at the um, council, the local authority have in-house mediators. But you don't necessarily need to have an in-house mediator, do you? You can always contact someone like ourselves and we can facilitate that mediation. And sometimes I think that especially if the organisation is quite small and tight knit, there is a benefit to having somebody external coming in, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important that the two parties involved feel like the mediator is independent. They're impartial. They don't have bias towards either person, particularly if it's a manager and an employee. You know, if it's somebody in the management chain of that organisation, they might they, the uh, the other individual might think, well, it's a foregone conclusion because they're both both managers and they're going to take their side. But yes, it can be helpful just to get rid of any of those thoughts that anyone might have to have someone independent, impartial. No, that's fantastic. And so, of course, if anyone would like some help with mediation or developing their policies and procedures in relation to that, they can contact um, either Joe or I and we'll be happy to help. And I'll put all the details in the show notes. And um, Joe is available to undertake mediations. And quite often we can do a fixed fee for those. So don't hesitate to get in touch if you'd like more information. Before we finish, Joe, is there anything else you want to add about mediation or um, any top tips for employers or HR? I think just to say, just to, I think the main thing is to take a pause when you receive a grievance or actually even when you see 
disputes happening, not to brush them under the carpet, to think that will go away on its own or I'll, I'll tackle that if it becomes more of an issue. They have, have the conversation, let people know about mediation, know about it yourself, educate yourself in, in mediation. So it, it should be part of a manager's toolkit, really, to know, to tell people about. Um, yeah, they were the, the main things. Yeah, that's critical, isn't it? Don't wait for a grievance to come in. If you see that there's a dispute or issues arising between people, that to intervene and, and hopefully nip it in the bud as soon as possible. Because it's much easier to come back from, isn't it? The sooner you can intervene in that dispute, the better. So that's fantastic. Thank you very much, Joe. Um, and it's been good to talk to you. And thank you very much. Thank you. So I hope you found that episode really helpful and interesting in relation to mediation and how things are changing in the world of work in relation to how we deal with disputes. If you'd like more information about mediation or if you'd like some help with the mediation or we'd like someone to facilitate that for you, then we can certainly help. Please don't hesitate to get in touch with myself. It's alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk or you can contact Joe. It's jo at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk. And of course, if you'd like to speak to someone, then you can contact us on our head office, which is 01983897003. Many thanks for listening to this week's podcast. I hope that you have a fantastic weekend and week ahead and look forward to bringing you the next podcast in two weeks time. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.